0: Welcome to the Yoga Teacher Business Foundation course, designed to help teachers finally nail their niche, grow their confidence and their business savvy, and generate a consistent income of £2,000 sterling or more a month, teaching part-time. If you've found filling your classes and growing your community frustrating, you're in the right place. These podcasts are deliberately designed as bite-sized nuggets of information to help you move from struggle and frustration to a career which is not only emotionally rewarding, but financially too. This is the third in a series of podcasts raising the tricky issue of money. If you haven't listened to those previous podcasts, you might want to take a little time to listen to them now, particularly if the whole money thing is something that makes you feel uncomfortable. In the first one, I talk about the sometimes subconscious limiting beliefs that we hold around money, which can hold us back without our realising it. I know when I went through this process with my first ever mentor, there were a few light bulb moments. Again, if you haven't listened to that podcast, I do recommend it. Perhaps there might be some limiting beliefs that you recognize in yourself. And as a yogi, you know all about awareness. The mat is something that's constantly teaching us more awareness, physically and mentally. And this greater awareness is, of course, the first step to recognizing if something needs to change. In the second of the series... I talk about a teacher who posted in a yoga teacher Facebook group, and this is what she wrote. Is it me, or do people want to severely underpay yoga teachers? In her words, not mine, it wasn't clear who the people she was referring to were. Was it gyms and studios, or students coming to her own classes? But either way, the resentment that she seemed to be feeling clearly shows, doesn't it? You know, I see a number of yoga teacher threads where teachers complain a lot about how they are paid by studios and gyms, and I just wanted for a moment to zoom out and see a bigger picture, a different perspective, to allow for perhaps a more nuanced view of what, as is often the case, a more complex situation. In this, the last of this series on money, at least for the moment, I'd like to do two things. Firstly, look at the other meaning that teacher might have had by people who want to severely underpay her. Perhaps she meant the students themselves. And I'd like to give some of the tips that I've found helpful in my own journey to making a sustainable living as a yoga teacher. So let's start with how feeling underpaid makes us feel. Because feeling as though we are underpaid Tends to also mean we feel undervalued, and that's not a nice place to be mentally. It leaves us feeling resentful and frustrated, as well as sapping our confidence, and ultimately that erodes good relationships. Not a good place to be. I find this whole discussion is often very emotive, so I'd like to share a perspective that I hope might open up perhaps a more nuanced and helpful way of seeing things. Because one thing's for sure, simply bemoaning the fact that you are underpaid or feeling undervalued won't actually help you. What will is a little bit of reflection, and as a yogi, we should be good at that, as I mentioned earlier, and a strategy to deal with it. So here goes. How much do you struggle with pricing your offerings? Whether it's a class, a workshop, a retreat, or any other offering, when you sit down to pull your offer together, what goes through your mind? What do you find yourself getting concerned about? You wouldn't be alone, trust me, if you're thinking things like, is that too much? What are other teachers charging for a similar offer? Do I just charge what seems to be the going rate? What if no one turns up? Maybe I should charge less because I'm not experienced enough. If that's all you are asking, then you are missing some key questions. Questions such as, how much do I want to make as profit from this? How many students would I need to cover my costs? And not just the cost of the venue. And how about a far harder question to get your head round? What is the benefit of students coming to this class or my offering to me as opposed to any other yoga teacher? Because here's the thing, if you're doing this for you as opposed to working for someone else, you get to decide what to charge. And here's another key mantra that I find useful to understand. Price is all about perception of value especially when you're selling a service. Let me explain. You're not selling a TV that someone can buy from any electrical outlet on Amazon. You're selling a service. And you're selling an experience. Have you ever been to a yoga class where you just didn't enjoy the experience and then go to another teacher and find you really resonated with them so much you'd seek them out over the other teacher? If you have then you've grasped the concept of value. And value doesn't just mean you'll pay them rather than the other teacher. You'll give them your precious time rather than the other teacher too. Yoga is not a commodity. And actually, people are not buying yoga. They're buying whatever they believe or hope yoga will give them. And if what you offer matches their needs specifically, not only will they become willing to seek you out, they'll pay without quibble for what you offer. But getting to that stage requires some groundwork. And that's the part that I find some yoga teachers miss. So here are some tips about pricing. First, test your offers. Be willing to just put them out there and give them a go. Yes, it's worth doing some research to just get a ballpark figure for people selling something similar, but that's all it is, ballpark. After that, you've got some homework to do, which starts with what's the minimum that you want to earn for that work? If you've ever watched Dragon's Den, Theopophetus, still a current dragon as I record this podcast, says that he doesn't get out of bed for 1%. Get a good grip on all the costs, especially if it's a workshop or something bigger. I find that too many teachers totally are unbusinesslike in their thinking when it comes to costs. Get a grip. Get a good bookkeeping system where you can see the real bottom line. Too many yoga teachers don't count all the costs and then wonder why they don't seem to be earning much at all. That's not a business. That's an expensive hobby. Tip two, work on really selling the benefits of what you're offering so that people understand why you're different to the teacher down the road. That's a hard part, but if it's something that you struggle with, I deal with that in a lot of depth on my mentoring program. Tip number three, give it a good shot. But if something that you offer runs at a loss for too long, it's time to either rethink the offer or pull it. When I first started building my community, I tried getting classes running right in the village that I live in. I got crickets. No one. Tried it for a few weeks, re-advertised, tweaked the copy, still nothing. Other areas were thriving and subsidising that class, so I pulled it. It left me feeling low in energy too and dispirited. I like busy classes They energise me, so it just left me feeling low, simply not worth the effort. I tried an afternoon relaxation class in a good demographic, where I was already growing my community, so I thought it would be a really good offer. That didn't work either, and I pulled it after six weeks. It did, however, work as an evening class. So, here are some lessons. Don't give up too soon. But tweak it. See if it works. But pull it if it's running at a loss for too long. Don't take it personally. It's easy to think that it's you that they don't like. But maybe you're not the right teacher for them. And actually, that's okay. But taking it personally saps your confidence and makes you pull back when you need to get back on the bike and either pull or tweak the approach that's just business. Finally, I think it's worth really digging in to the mindset which can come from this whole issue of feeling undervalued because those darned mindset gremlins, as I call them, can truly mess with your head. Have you ever had a student that makes a comment about your pricing which knocked you a bit? It can knock you a little, can't it? I remember just a few months in to starting to build my classes, one student came to the trial session, which was not free. I don't believe in free sessions. That's something for another podcast. But when she was given the information I give to all new trial students about pricing and so on, she passed a comment that the 10-week block was expensive and she would have to think about it. Or how about if a student books a course of six but just doesn't show up for three and then comes to you asking for a refund, what would you do? If they pay for a workshop or retreat where you've clearly explained no refund unless you can replace with another student, but they demand a refund, how would you manage this? I see questions like this all the time in Facebook groups. It's so easy in these situations for the brain to jettison down into self-doubt. All I can say is from experience, don't let it. If you lose the student who complains about your prices, let them go. They would continue to be a difficult student, I promise you, in other ways too. One of my many mentors once taught me, nature hates a vacuum. Learn to say no to students or clients who do not value what you offer, because that leaves space For those who do. Whilst my first attempts at applying this lesson were a bit challenging, I can tell you I now trust myself enough to believe that if I leave space for the students who will value what I offer, they will come. The key here is knowing your worth, understanding the benefits to the students that you do work with and providing the very best experience you can for them. I find few students challenge me on price these days. It doesn't mean that I don't still get the gremlins on my doorstep when I decide to offer something new or put my prices up. I do. I just don't let them take over. I know my worth and I show them the door. You need to too. So, in summary... You can only feel underpaid and undervalued if you allow that to be true. Getting clear about your offer, the experience that your students will have when they work with you, and the benefits and values that you bring will help you stand tall and feel both confident and comfortable about what you are charging. And if this is a topic that resonates for you, then perhaps I can help. I want you to know... That it is possible to build something not only emotionally rewarding, but financially too, and to get rid of the money gremlins once and for all. It is possible to grow a community of students who do not quibble about your costs. That's exactly what the Pathway to Profit as a Yoga Teacher program, how to build a thriving part-time business teaching students in midlife and later years is designed to help you do. If you'd like to know more about how this 12-week mentoring and coaching program might help you, contact me direct at shona at I might just be able to help. Namaste. you for listening. I hope you find these tips helpful. With over a decade of experience and into my 70s now, I'd like to think that I can help other yoga teachers find a rewarding career teaching yoga. I run a foundation training course in business skills for yoga teachers designed specifically to give them a solid base and business savvy upon which they can build and scale up if they choose. If you're interested in learning more, drop me a line at shona at fastmail.com. Meanwhile, do subscribe to the podcast. Let me know if you have any feedback or topics you'd like to listen to and go out there and bring your yoga to the students that you were meant to serve. Namaste.